Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, January 20th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Religious leaders are challenging Missouri's abortion ban in state court. This law disenfranchises people from the fundamental tenets of democracy. It denies our civil rights. It puts our lives at risk. The religious leaders are seeking to overturn the ban which went into effect after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last summer. That lawsuit was filed yesterday against Missouri on behalf of 13 faith leaders in the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. The National Women's Law Center and Americans United for Separation of Church and State filed the suit in St. Louis Circuit Court. The suit claims Missouri's trigger ban restricting abortion access violates residents' religious freedom. Plaintiffs say legislators used explicitly religious language when crafting and passing the law. One of the plaintiffs, United Church of Christ Reverend Tracy Blackman, says that ban violates the separation of church and state. And my friends, without this separation, there is neither religious freedom nor just law. Attorney General Andrew Bailey says he looks forward to defending the state and that federal and state courts have rejected and won against similar cases. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis has been ordered to pay earnings tax refunds plus interest to six individuals for remote work during the pandemic. This ruling sets a precedent for others to demand refunds. St. Louis charges a 1% tax on people who live or work in the city. The plaintiffs live outside St. Louis but work for companies based in the city and occasionally worked from home even before the pandemic. The city had granted refunds for virtual workdays, but those requests for remote work in 2020 were denied. The judge ruled that the city appeared to unilaterally change its policy due to the rise of remote work and that violated principles of law. The city had no comment yesterday. The earnings tax makes up a third of St. Louis's revenue. A federal lawsuit claims Illinois' child welfare agency is causing, quote, tremendous damage by keeping youth in jail after a judge had ordered their release. The Department of Children and Family Services is routinely leaving wards of the state in the Cook County Juvenile Jail because the agency is unable to find suitable housing. The lawsuit accuses the state of not doing anything to end the unconstitutional practice. A department spokesperson did not immediately respond to a comment request. Most of Missouri Governor Mike Parson's budget priorities are receiving bipartisan support in Jefferson City. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports that does not mean the legislature will follow his exact plan for the upcoming fiscal year. Both Democrats and Republicans stood and applauded for many of Parsons' budget priorities, such as investing more money in child care and in programs that prevent maternal mortality. But that doesn't mean Parson will get everything he wants, as the legislature is constitutionally responsible for drafting and passing the budget. Senate President Pro Tem Kayla Brown said Parsons' speech was consensus building, but that they will be taking a hard look at all of his proposals. I'm interested in, you know, how he's doing what he's doing on the child care front. We know we have to do something there, but we've got to we want to be sensible about that and not just grow government at, a, at an alarming rate that certainly most of us are not in favor of. 
For Senate Democrats, Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo said a lot of Parsons' proposals were issues that Democrats have been talking about for years. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Some Jefferson County schools want to move to a four-day academic week. The Fox School District says the change could address an expected $13 million budget deficit during the 2023-2024 school year. District Superintendent Paul Frigo is also recommending other cuts, including the elimination of 30 staff positions and reducing building budgets by $250,000 each. The Post-Dispatch reports the district in Arnold would become the second largest in Missouri to switch to a four-day week. The Independence School District is the largest in the state to make the transition. A quarter-billion-dollar investment in bike and pedestrian paths in North St. Louis and the city's central corridor is beginning to take shape. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports developers of the Brickline Greenway see it as an opportunity to revitalize overlooked neighborhoods in North City. The project, when completed, will connect Forest Park to the new soccer stadium and Midtown to Fairground Park with pedestrian and bike paths. There are plans to eventually extend the Greenway to the Arch and to Tower Grove Park, too. Chris Peoples directs equity and economic impact for Great Rivers Greenway. He says the route along North Grand will be instrumental in drawing residents and businesses back to North St. Louis. This is an opportunity to do something that's substantial. Um, that shows the community that the region is ready to take a hard look at North City and understand that it's, it's an important and critical part of the city that needs to be invested in. Peoples expects this section of the Greenway will be completed by the end of 2025, with the whole project finished three to four years later. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer David Crosby has died. He was inducted into the hall twice for his work with the Birds and with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby battled drug abuse and serious health issues and was known for political activism. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin spoke with the singer-songwriter in 2019. That conversation started with Jeremy asking Crosby about how the relationship between popular music and political protest has changed through the years. When we were doing it in the 60s, we didn't have the Internet. So we we were one of the main ways that people communicated with each other. And we had a really perfect fight song. We had Ohio. We need another one of those. We need a, a, an Ohio or a We Shall Overcome. We need a fight song because we're going to be in the street. We're going to have to be in the street. We're going to have to try to save the country right now. It's in real trouble. Your career has been defined by collaboration, but we also hear that you're difficult to be in a band with. So how do, the, how do those two things go together? I've noticed that all the people in the bands that I used to be in don't really like me anymore. And I guess they have reasons. Some of it's just grit in the gears, because in CSN and CSNY, we were always very unkind to each other. All of us were. Everybody did awful things to each other. Some of it's jealousy. I think they haven't been doing the kind of work that they're capable of, and so they're pissed that I am, or something like that. But I, I don't worry about it, man. I can't fix it. I can't change it. What I can do is try to do better now. Yeah, now you are working with a whole new group of collaborators, a, a younger generation of musicians. What does that bring out of you? So it brings a ton of joy and new energy. Everybody in both bands writes songs. That's very inspiring, man. They're very they're all younger than I am and they, I have to paddle faster to keep up, which is really good for me. And it inspires a lot of music. 
Amid all that new music, on your latest record, there's a new arrangement of Joni Mitchell's Woodstock, which, of course, a lot of people associate with the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young version from 1970. How did that wind up on there? First time we sang it live to an audience, they started applauding as soon as we hit the chorus, and they heard that four part on the chorus. We are stardust, golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. They started applauding in the middle of the song. So we looked at each other and said, oh, golly, <laughs> okay. It became a standard of ours, and we couldn't resist putting it on the record. There's a documentary about your life that premiered at Sundance Film Festival this year. You've said you don't like to look back too much. So what, uh, what, what emotions came up as you watched that? Grief over the loss of my girlfriend, Christine, when it got killed. Still makes me want to cry every time I think about it. Sadness over people that I hurt, and there were some. Joy over the incredible people and experiences that I've had. It's uh, a lot. It's a very emotional thing. It's cathartic in the sense that I get to take it out, look at it, and then I can set it down and walk away. But there's some stuff you never walk away. Do you have survivor's guilt in a way? A little, yeah. Some. I mean, it's puzzling. There's a bunch of people who were doing the same thing I was doing. I always think of Cass, and I always think of Jimmy, and I always think of Janice, all three of whom were very close friends of mine, and all three died the same way, and I didn't. Cause I've been thinking about dying, how to do it well. How to stand up and face it, or just lie. Finally, David, one of your brand new songs that sounds very personal is one called Your Own Ride. What can you tell me about that song? That's a set of words I wrote to and about my son Django uh, when he was about 12. I will be That's St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer David Crosby in 2019. Crosby died yesterday. He was 81. By the way, that conversation was part of the very first edition of The Gateway on May 13, 2019. This podcast is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Just a song before I go a lesson to be learned Traveling twice the speed of sound It's easy to get burned Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.